Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Heavenly Father, my prayer for myself and my prayer for this room is that we would truly believe the words that we have just sung together, that we would know with all our hearts that Christ has paid our ransom, that the Savior is here, that he is ours, and that life is ours in him. Father, we pray for your spirit to move in our hearts just now and to move through us as a church family this evening so that it wouldn't be mere emotionalism that makes our hearts so sure of our salvation, but it would in fact be the spirit of the living God answering yes and amen to the truths of your scriptures that we would know these things are true. Be with us, Lord, we pray, to make it so in your perfect name. Amen. So last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we waved our branches, our palm branches, and we celebrated because King Jesus is here. And we said that this is a mere foretaste, a shadow, a poor echo of the eternal Palm Sunday, the Sunday that we will have together for eternity in heaven itself, when we will meet in joy and celebration because King Jesus reigns. But we also said that to get from here to there, to get from earth to heaven, one thing was necessary. One thing was most necessary. One thing was necessary in an absolute sense. The suffering of Jesus Christ. The suffering of Jesus Christ. And as Holy Week progressed from that Palm Sunday, and as Jesus came to be with his disciples this Thursday night, on a night like tonight, We know that there must have been much on his heart and on his mind. Let's reflect together what must have been going through his heart and his mind as he meets together with his disciples this night. This Thursday night, Jesus knows that he's on the eve of an unjust trial. That very early the next morning, a few hours from now, around daybreak, a group of religious leaders will meet together and they will pass a resolution that Jesus is to be put to death. They will recognize that they don't have the power or the authority in and of themselves to enact this, uh, this sentence. And so the religious leaders will have Jesus bound and they will bring him to Pilate, the Roman governor who does have the authority to crucify Pilate, described by his contemporaries as inflexible, merciless, and obstinate. They have every reason to believe that he will enforce their wishes. Pilate, Jesus knows, will question him, and Jesus plans no response. Isaiah 53, verse 7, he will be oppressed and afflicted, and yet he will not open his mouth as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he will not open his mouth. 
But this Thursday night, Jesus also knows that he's on the eve of a severe flogging. Pilate, yes, will hand him over to be crucified, but not at first without having him flogged, the customary prelude to a crucifixion. The Romans, we know, used a whip that had a short wooden handle, and attached to it were long strips of leather, and embedded in the ends of the leather were bits of rock and stone and bone, designed to inflict the maximum damage upon the one being flogged. The stripes were administered across the back. The Jews themselves limited the number of strikes to 40. In in practice, actually 39 in case of a miscount. The Romans, however, did not limit this torture. Roman citizens themselves were exempt, so brutal was this flogging. But those who were not from this land could expect severe, deep lacerations through veins, through arteries, even at times entrails and inner organs would be exposed. So brutal was this act. Isaiah 53 verse 5, with his stripes we will be healed. This Thursday night Jesus knows more. He knows that he is on the eve of a caustic mocking after the flogging, the soldiers will toy with him. They will toy with him as a cat plays with a mouse. They mock his acclaimed and rightful royalty, placing a robe upon him of a deep purple. They will place a crown of thorns upon his head. The spikes that entered into the world at the advent of sin will now dig deep into his brow. And then they will strike him and spit on him and mock him. When the fun is complete, they will take the purple robe from him. They will dress him in his own clothes and they will lead him out to be crucified. Isaiah 53, verse 7. He will be led like a lamb to the slaughter. This night Jesus knows more. He knows that he is on the eve of exile. He knows that men condemned to death are usually forced to carry their own cross. And so Jesus will carry his for a while until he is able to no longer. The events of the past 15 hours draining him of all strength. And so a passerby will be forced to carry his cross from for him and this grim procession will make its way outside of the city as sin offerings were taken outside of the camp Hebrews 13 verse 12 so Jesus will also suffer outside the city gates this Thursday night Jesus knows that he is on the eve of a crucifixion he knows that his bloodied back will be laid upon a rough wooden cross that heavy wrought iron nails will be nailed through his wrist and through his heels that this cross will be hoisted into the air sucking all the oxygen from his lungs and he knows that his death will be slow and it will be painful our word excruciating comes literally from the greek out of crucifixion it was designed to be the most painful death imaginable Worse, after hanging there for three hours, darkness will fall upon the earth. Darkness which 
It symbolizes God's judgment will fall upon him as he hangs on the cross. The judgment of God upon sin will fall upon Jesus as he hangs there. Deuteronomy 21 verse 3, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And lastly, this Thursday night, Jesus knows that he's on the eve of death. That three hours after being hung upon the cross at three o'clock in the afternoon with the land still covered in darkness, he will speak to his father, he will cry out, but there will be no answer, there will be no comfort, he will breathe his last. Psalm 22 verse 1, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? On this Thursday evening, as Jesus meets with his disciples, as we meet together this Thursday evening, Jesus knows what is coming. He knows that trial and flogging and mocking and exile and crucifixion and death are soon to be his in a matter of hours. And on this night, with all this going through his heart and through his mind, what is his concern? What is his concern? We know that on this night, there's something else that Jesus knows. Something else Jesus knows this Thursday night. He knows that his children are in desperate trouble. He knows that it has been this way ever since Eve took and ate in the Garden of Eden. And the spiritual hunger created in humanity through this act has ached within us since then. And we are unable to satisfy it no matter what we may feed ourselves. Jesus knows that our only hope, the only hope for starving souls is found in the suffering that he will soon endure. Yes, victory will come through the resurrection, but he cannot be raised until he first suffers and dies. As he takes guilt upon himself, as he suffers in the place of sinners, as he takes the punishment his children deserve, he offers up his body and his blood as the spiritual meal that we need to give us life. On the eve of all this suffering, what is Jesus' concern? That he might feed his sheep. So Matthew 26. On the night our Lord Jesus is betrayed, he takes bread and he gives thanks and he breaks it and he gives it to his disciples and he says, take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper he takes the cup, he raises it, gives it to them and says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, my blood which is shed for many for the forgiveness of your sins. So drink from it, all of you. On the eve of all that was to happen to him, his thoughts and his concerns are not upon himself, but upon his children and their need of him. This Thursday night, Jesus knows that he must suffer so that take and eat might not be remembered as Eve's act of rebellion, but as his verbs of salvation to his people. This Thursday night, he knows that the suffering of tomorrow is necessary if he is to have his children for all the tomorrows after that. 
this Thursday night, he knows that suffering is required to secure forgiveness, so he does not shrink back. And this is the gospel. This is the gospel. God loves you. And you are precious to him. And yes, you have sinned and you deserve punishment, but because he loves you and because you are precious to him, Jesus has taken that punishment in your place so that if you ask for forgiveness in his name, forgiveness is assured. Because his concern that Thursday night is not upon himself, but upon you. On the eve of all this suffering, Jesus is concerned about you, and so he gives you a meal. He gives you a meal that points to his work done on your behalf. And if you believe that Jesus broke his body and shed his blood for your salvation, then come, take and eat, because spiritual food is here. Let's pray. Lord, we see this night as something of a somber celebration. Somber as we reflect upon all that would lie before your Son in the coming hours. Somber when we realize the extent of our sin, that it was our sin that held him there until it was accomplished, that we are the ones who need a Savior. And yet a celebration, Father, because you have provided one for us. You have provided Jesus for us. You have met our spiritual hunger through the bread of life. And so our hearts aren't downcast, but amazed that you would do all of this out of sheer grace because you love us. And so we thank you for this gospel. In Jesus' perfect and matchless name.